It's Friday, April 5th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're going to get into what's happening in Saudi Arabia. The government reportedly arrested a bunch of activists, including some U.S. citizens. We'll dive into why human rights groups are in an uproar and how it's connected to a vote in Congress. Then, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange may have officially overstayed his welcome in London. We've got the details. And finally, we'll get you ready for the final four. Hope your bracket's not busted. We're here to make your Friday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is presented by H&R Block. Skim This makes your evenings smarter. H&R Block makes your tax season smarter. They decode taxes like we decode the news. And they've got your back, however you choose to file. The most complicated story today is going down in Saudi Arabia. According to a Saudi human rights group, this week at least eight activists were arrested there, including two dual Saudi U.S. citizens. It's just the latest roundup of activists since journalist and U.S. resident Jamal Khashoggi was murdered by Saudi agents at an embassy in Turkey last October. This news came out right after Congress voted to stop helping Saudi Arabia's war in Yemen, which was seen as a rebuke to President Trump for his continued support of Saudi Arabia. There's a lot of news out there lately about Saudi Arabia, and the U.S. is all wrapped up in it. So we're going to break down what these latest arrests are about and what they mean in the context of U.S. and Saudi Arabia relations. Okay, so first, the arrests that happened this week are tied to a bigger protest movement in Saudi Arabia. This all started back in 2017, when King Salman started handing over more responsibility to his son, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Everyone calls him MBS. MBS was young and hip. He was someone foreign leaders felt like they could connect with. He and President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, text on WhatsApp. But in the royal palace of Saudi Arabia, MBS was not there to make friends. Right after he took power, he arrested a bunch of Saudi royals, military officers, and businessmen, and checked them into the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Riyadh. It wasn't a vacation. They were held there against their will. Last May, Saudi officials were at it again. This time, they arrested 17 activists, most of them women. Those women had been speaking out against Saudi Arabia's really sexist laws, like the one that says women can't travel or marry without the permission of their male guardian, like their father or husband. And they had been protesting the kingdom's ban on women driving cars by doing it anyway. Everyone was super hyped when that ban was lifted, but fixing the Saudis' human rights issues wasn't as easy as just getting a license. After the mass arrest, some were released, but the rest were kept in jail. And now they say they're being tortured in prison. In late July, Saudi officials arrested more activists, including a woman named Samar Badawi. Her brother is a former blogger who's serving a 10-year prison term for speaking out against the Saudi Arabian government. In 2012, Badawi received an award for her women's rights work from Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton. You have demonstrated significant courage in your activism while becoming a champion in the struggle for women's suffrage and legal rights in your country. And you are making a difference. And we thank you for that. That was seven years ago. Now, Badawi is sitting in a Saudi Arabian prison, awaiting trial with her fellow activists. Last week, Saudi Arabia surprised people by temporarily releasing three of those women ahead of their trial. P. 
people thought that, hey, MBS is chilling out. But instead, this week, eight more people were arrested, including a U.S. citizen, the son of one of the women who was temporarily released last week, and another U.S. citizen who's a writer and doctor, and a feminist writer who's pregnant. Reports say these people aren't at the forefront of the women's rights movement in Saudi Arabia, but many of them have ties to the activists arrested last year. So where does the U.S. stand in response to Saudi Arabia's human rights abuses? The U.S. has been sending mixed messages. Congress has been slamming them, particularly in the wake of Jamal Khashoggi's murder last October, which the CIA says MBS ordered. Last December, the Senate unanimously agreed that MBS was responsible. Here's Republican Senator Lindsey Graham. You have to be willfully blind not to come to the conclusion that this was orchestrated and organized by people in, under the command of MBS and that he was intricately involved in the demise of Mr. Khashoggi. On Thursday, the House approved a Senate bill to end U.S. assistance of the Saudi-led war in Yemen. It's a rebuke of President Trump's foreign policy related to Saudi Arabia. President Trump considers Saudi Arabia to be a key Middle East ally. The Saudis have been a reliable buyer of U.S. weapons for things like the war in Yemen. And like we said, MBS and the president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, are kind of BFFs. Just in February, Kushner went to Saudi Arabia to persuade MBS to sign on to his Middle East peace plan. And according to recent reports, the Trump administration recently and secretly authorized companies to sell nuclear power technology and support to Saudi Arabia. Members of Congress are worried that this could lead to a nuclear arms race in the Middle East, which would make Saudi Arabia even more powerful. So what's the skim? On a global level, the international community has been pretty pissed about all of this. Last month, 36 countries on the UN Human Rights Council voted to rebuke Saudi Arabia over the treatment of those women activists and to demand their release. In the U.S., Congress is baring its teeth by saying, we're done. That's why this vote yesterday was such a big deal. It's the latest example of how a bipartisan majority of U.S. lawmakers aren't interested in helping Saudi Arabia anymore. Because of human rights abuses. Because of things like the murder of Khashoggi. President Trump has to decide whether he will agree to back away from MBS or whether he'll shrug his shoulders at Congress and veto their vote. It would be the second veto of his entire presidency. In the meantime, one of the world's most famous asylum seekers is maybe about to get evicted. And he's got bigger worries than getting his deposit back. That story's next. So clearly there's a lot going on in the world. You know what else is going on? Taxes. Yep, tax season is in full swing. But FYI, it's not a season that you can just write off. H&R Block can help you face the form so W-2s don't become WTFs. From a little help to all the help, H&R Block makes filing easy. Whether you want to do it yourself or get help from a tax pro, you've got options. Visit H&R Block in person or online today to get started. It's effin' Friday, and we're looking forward to the weekend. One guy who's probably not, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. WikiLeaks is the organization that's helped leak some pretty controversial documents and emails, like classified military docs and Hillary Clinton's campaign chair's emails during the 2016 election. Assange has been hiding out in the Ecuadorian embassy in London for almost seven years. 
But now WikiLeaks is claiming that they're going to kick him out. Let's back up and remember why Assange is even there. Back in the early 2010s, Assange was all over the news. Two Swedish women had accused him of sexual misconduct. And his organization WikiLeaks had just leaked documents that the Obama administration said threatened U.S. national security. The person who gave WikiLeaks those documents, Army intelligence analyst Chelsea Manning, was sentenced to 35 years in prison for that. So Assange was living in London, and the UK was ready to extradite him so he could face charges in Sweden. Assange was worried that Sweden would send him to the US to answer for that WikiLeaks stuff. Lots of potential jail time either way. Assange freaked out. Assange is Australian, but Australia has a deal with the US about extraditing people. Ecuador doesn't. So Assange knocked at their embassy in London in June 2012 and asked for asylum. They let him live there, and Assange made a big ask of the US. I ask President Obama to do the right thing. The United States must renounce its witch hunt against WikiLeaks. That didn't happen. Sweden eventually dropped their charges against Assange a couple of years ago. That same year, the Trump administration upped the case against him. So Assange is staying in the Ecuadorian embassy. He even became a citizen. But Ecuador has been kind of annoyed with him recently. They say he's not a great house guest. Messy, didn't take care of his cat. Oh, and Ecuador's president says Assange has been breaking all kinds of other house rules, too. In February, documents were leaked that appeared to implicate the Ecuadorian president in using an offshore tax haven and trying to cover it up. WikiLeaks says the president is blaming them for reporting on that leak and is taking it out on Assange. The Ecuadorian embassy hasn't officially commented, but a senior official at the embassy says they haven't actually made a decision yet. People were demonstrating outside the embassy today, showing their support for Assange, next to British police officers who will arrest him if he leaves. The UK still has a warrant out for his arrest. It'll also be a stressful weekend for college basketball fans as March Madness gets into the final four. That's next. This weekend is the March Madness Final Four, so what do you need to know? On the men's side, Michigan State is going up against Texas Tech, and Virginia is taking on Auburn. Auburn is the closest to a Cinderella story that we're gonna get this year. They were a five seed going into the tournament, which is not the top, but not bad either. They beat a 12 seed, then they had upset after upset, beating three top teams, UNC, Kansas, and Kentucky. Virginia is the number one seed, so we'll see if the glass slipper fits. On the women's side, there are no surprising fairy tales. Pretty much all the favorites made it to the final four. Baylor plays Oregon, and it's University of Connecticut versus Notre Dame. For UConn and Notre Dame, it'll be their 50th meetup. This is one of the biggest rivalries in women's basketball, and Connecticut has won 37 of their matchups to Notre Dame's 12. But when it comes to the final four, Notre Dame has the upper hand. Notre Dame has won four of the last seven Final Four playoffs, including last year, when they beat UConn and went on to win it all. Check out the Skims coverage of the NCAA tournament if you want to learn more. We devoted a whole episode of our notes to it, and you can find it on the Skim app. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from the world of cats. A cat fact. If you think your cat knows its name is Bella or Fella or Hella, you're probably right. 
Japanese scientists tested cats by playing them a recording of four nouns or names of other cats, followed by the cat's own name. On average, when the cats heard their name, they would react. It's the first experimental evidence that cats can actually distinguish between the words that people say. This doesn't prove that cats actually attach meaning to the words. Researchers say cats probably associate their names with fun stuff like food or playtime, or negative things like going to the vet. So your cat probably understands what you're calling it. If it doesn't respond, maybe it just can't be bothered. Dogs, on the other hand, can learn hundreds of words. And that's all for Skim This. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. And to keep us in your feed, be sure to hit subscribe. We'd also love for you to share the show with your friends and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of news happens over the weekend. So if you want to catch up first thing on Monday, sign up for our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. You can sign up at theskim.com. 